Welcome back, Little Joe's Conservative Corner. I think America's like a sleeping giant, and I think it's beginning to wake up, and I want to help with the awakening so that it survives. All creepily got your friggin' nose all up in everybody's hair. Now, I personally don't like him. I think the guy's a complete moron. Now's the time to stand up for yourself and stand up for what you believe in. You don't go from a bartender to a congresswoman. It's just so dumb. <laughs> presented to the Arizona Senate yesterday, and the results confirm the ballot count from Election Day, but also reveal some major irregularities that exceed the margin of victory. Joining us now to discuss is pollster for McLaughlin and Associates, John McLaughlin, and constitutional law attorney and Newsmax contributor Jenna Ellis and RNC's national spokesman, Paris Denard. Thank you all very much for joining us. Great to see you, Heather. So as we begin our discussion, let's take a look at some of the Arizona ballots in question as laid out in this report. Uh, there were, what, over 23,000 mail-in ballots that voted from a prior address. Uh, 10,342 potential voters that voted in multiple counties. There were 9,041 more ballots returned by voters than actually received. Uh, 3,432 official results that do not match who voted. And there were 2,592 more duplicates than original ballots. And as we mentioned, the uh, margin of victory was 10,450. So I'll let you start us off, uh, Jetta, your take on the results as they were confirmed yesterday. Yeah, well, I think that this does confirm uh, what President Trump and the Trump legal team have said from the very beginning, that the election was irredeemably compromised. And, you know, the, while the left is focusing on the hand uh, ballot count, it has always been President Trump's contention that we have to count every legal vote and not count ballots that are cast in any way, shape or form against state law. That was the problem in not only Arizona, but the other swing states. And so when you look at these over 50,000 ballots that have substantial irregularities that did not follow the st Arizona state law. That is why now it is incumbent on the Arizona state legislature to decertify, to reclaim their delegates, and to tell Congress their certification did not match the actual ballot count because every legal vote has to count and count fairly. That is uh, what we have to do in America to make sure to secure the integrity of our elections. And I have to say I'm very glad that Newsmax has this as the number one story because election integrity and election justice is the number one story in America right now. Keep in mind with what you just heard, this is not a recount. It, they did recount, obviously, but the intention of this was not to have a recount. The intention of this was to find any type of irregularities or any problems with any of the votes that happened in Arizona, and they found quite a few. Cyber Ninja is a Florida-based company they had 1,500 people working on it for a total of 100,000 hours, and they found more than 53,000 ballots that were compromised in some form. I think it's a bigger story than most people believe, because if you were to take all these ballots out of the mix, they don't say who they voted for. Some could be for Biden, some could be for Trump, but ultimately it is over four times what Biden supposedly won the state by. So potentially it could overturn, you know, at least that state that doesn't change the election outcome, but it should raise a red flag that we're having these problems in these states. 
In the audit, they found that mail-in votes without ballots received was 23,344. Voters that voted in multiple counties, 10,342. Duplicate ballot discrepancies, 2,500 and change. Duplicate ballot missing serial numbers, 2,500. In-person votes who had moved out of Maricopa County, uh, 2,300 and change. And voters that moved out of state during the 29-day period, 2,081. I mean, even if you just take the bottom four, you're at 10,000. Again, I don't know who they voted for. We can't say. They don't give you that information. But it is worrisome that these things are happening in our country. Our voting rules and laws and our voting in this country is not so secure. And you would think, no matter what side of the aisle you are on, that you would want it to be more secure to ensure that your vote actually does carry some weight and counts. They are calling for possibly all 50 states to do an audit. I don't think that that would ever happen. You have at least 25 blue states that are going to tell you to kick rocks. We're not doing an audit. They like their voting laws the way they are, loosey-goosey. And red states, it would just take too long. In the end, by the time they would all wrap it up, go through the process, we'd be into the 2024 election. But what they can do is fix voting laws per state prior to the 2022 election so that way it's a cleaner election and whoever wins, wins. And there's no questions about it. So hopefully a lot of these states will see what's going on and they'll make adjustments to their rule to make their voting more secure. It's really a shame to see something like this going on in our country. We're running our elections like a third world country and that's not a good thing. And moving on to COVID. COVID is the never-ending hemorrhoid that we just can't seem to put enough cream on so it stops flaring up. We're all at a point of exhaustion. I don't think anybody is excited about COVID anymore. I think most people don't care. They just want to get on with their lives. A lot of people are criticizing how politicized COVID has been and a lot of the strategies that the different countries use to either treat or try to eradicate this virus. There was a group of about 3,100 physicians and scientists that signed a physician's declaration. At the global COVID summit, they read the declaration on stage. I'd like you to hear it. Here that is. Share with you a physician's declaration developed by physicians in Puerto Rico that met together last week. And uh, I ask that you consider joining us in this declaration. We would very much appreciate support from the world and particularly from physicians. So I'm going to read this declaration of the COVID summit in Rome, Italy. We, the physicians of the world, united and loyal to the Hippocratic Oath, recognizing the profession of medicine as we know it, is at a crossroad, are compelled to declare the following. Whereas, it is our utmost responsibility and duty to uphold and restore the dignity, integrity, art, and science of medicine. Whereas, there is an unprecedented assault on our ability to care for our patients. Whereas, public policy has chosen to ignore fundamental concepts of science, health, and wellness, instead embracing a one-size-fits-all treatment strategy 
which has led to more illness and death than the individualized, personalized approach to health care. Whereas, physicians and other health care providers working at the front lines, including those here, utilizing their knowledge of epidemiology, pathophysiology, and pharmacology, are often first to identify new, potentially life-saving treatments. Whereas, physicians are increasingly being discouraged from engaging in open professional discourse and the exchange of ideas about new and emerging diseases, not only endangering the essence of the medical profession, but more importantly, more tragically, the lives of our patients, you in the audience that are listening. Whereas thousands of physicians are being denied the right to provide treatment to their patients as a result of barriers put up by pharmacies, hospitals, and public health agencies, rendering the vast majority of healthcare providers helpless to protect their patients in the face of disease. Physicians are now advising their patients to simply go home, allowing the virus to incubate and the disease develop, and to return when their disease worsens, resulting in hundreds of thousands of unnecessary patient deaths due to failure to treat. Whereas the above is not medicine, it is not care. We cannot sit idle while patients are forced to go home and sicken in place. These policies may actually constitute crimes against humanity. Now, therefore, it is resolved that the physician-patient relationship must be restored. The very heart of medicine is this relationship, which allows physicians to best understand their patients and their illness, to formulate treatments that give the best chance of success while the patient is an active participant in their care. Resolved that the political intrusion into the practice of medicine and the physician-patient relationship must end. Physicians and all healthcare providers must have the freedom to practice the art and science of medicine without fear of retribution, censorship, slander, or disciplinary action to include possible loss of licensure and hospital privileges, loss of insurance contracts, and interference from government entities and organizations, which further prevent us from caring for patients in need. More than ever, the right and ability to exchange objective scientific findings, which further our understanding of disease, must be protected. Resolved that physicians must defend their right to prescribe treatment, observing the first tenet, do no harm. Physicians shall not be restricted from prescribing safe and effective treatments. These restrictions continue to cause unnecessary sickness and death. The rights of patients, after being fully informed about the risks and benefits of each option, must be restored to receive those treatments. Resolved that we invite physicians of the world and all healthcare providers to join us in this noble cause as we endeavor to restore trust, integrity, and professionalism to the practice of medicine. Resolved that we invite the scientists of the world who are skilled in biomedical research and uphold the highest ethical and moral standards to insist on their ability to conduct and publish objective, empirical research without fear of reprisal upon their careers, reputations, and livelihoods. Finally, resolved that we invite you, the patients, 
who believe in the importance of the physician-patient relationship and the ability to be active participants in their care to demand access to science-based medical care. In witness thereof, the undersigned has signed this declaration as of the date first written. Now, we all very well know that COVID is being politicized. There is no doubt about it. If you still believe this is about science, if you still believe this is about your safety and that the government cares about you, you certainly haven't been paying attention. The FDA came out and ruled that nobody under the age of 65 should get a booster shot. The CDC, who generally, almost 100% of the time, follows whatever the FDA says, has gone against the recommendation and they are saying anybody who is 65 and older should get a booster shot. Anybody who's 50 to 64 and immunocompromised should get a booster shot. And anybody who's 18 and above who's either immunocompromised or works in a hazardous profession could get a booster shot. That pretty much says anybody because I could say anything's hazardous. You could work at a bookstore and say you have a hazard or a potential of getting COVID. And then that way you want to go get yourself a uh, booster shot. So they've gone against what the FDA says and did their own thing. They don't really have any good justification other than some nonsensical banter. The real reason that they are going against the FDA is because they've politicized COVID. They're using COVID for what they need it for. If they actually followed the science, if they did not want to politicize COVID, they would be pushing treatments because there are a lot of them that actually work. They would be completely transparent with the vaccine, its side effects, and its efficacy. They wouldn't just push booster shots. They would also be honest about masks and lockdowns, that they do not work. They don't stop the spread. If they did, we wouldn't even be where we're at right now because you shut the whole country down for two weeks. You had everybody mask up and we are where we are because this is a seasonal virus. To prove my point that it's been politicized, Norway. Norway is ending all COVID-19 related restrictions. They ended all of them September 25th. They're saying that it's time to get back to normal. They are now saying that the COVID is what we all keep saying it is. It is now your seasonal flu. They also said that there are multiple treatments for it. People know what to do if they get it. They are acknowledging that it is a deadly virus, but that people, they're going to treat you like an adult now. People know what to do if you get it. You know what treatments to seek out. You know if you need to quarantine yourself. If you get sick, you need to stay home. Stay home, do what you got to do, and they're treating it as a flu. They're going to get on with their life. They're not requiring any vaccine passports, so they're choosing freedom over fear. Now, I do know that Norway only has a population of 5.3 million people. It seems small. However, there are many states in the United States that have a lot less population than that, so it's not that small. They're also not the only country that is doing this. Sweden, who's been the least restrictive of all countries, is opening themselves back up and getting back to business as usual. Whereas here in the United States, we're still pushing fear porn. Dr. Frauci came out and said that he has a lot of concern for our upcoming winter, that if the influenza virus and the COVID virus attack together, that we're in for a very dark winter. Now, I just played you the clip of that physician's declaration 
where they're saying a lot of these leaders and scientists, the way they're handling COVID is a crime against humanity. Dr. Fauci should be the first one let off in a paddy wagon because all he continues to do is push fear. He wants to scare everybody so that he can control you or the government can control you and he can keep his job. I can assure you some of the positives of this are people are exhausted from COVID. People are seeing what's truly going on. They're starting to wake up. Proof of that is in Biden's approval rating. Last week, Wednesday, Gallup came out with their poll. Biden's approval ratings in the tank, it's at 43%. He is failing. He is failing at everything. Mr. Peacemaker didn't bring no peace. Sleepy Creepy's job reports that keep coming out are no good. Did you know that last week alone, black unemployment almost doubled under Biden's administration? Okay, he's doing such a fantastic job. The border is a complete disgrace and a mess. Hyperinflation, the Fed is doing nothing to fix inflation right now. They just keep giving crack to the crack monster because it ain't, they ain't stopping at all. It's just so dumb the way that they're treating this. They know what they're doing is wrong, but they want it to be that way because they need to tear us down so that China can build up. But economically, he's doing no good. He's failing everywhere. And I'm guessing that this is what it took or what it takes to wake people up. COVID is not what they say it is once again. Yes, it is a virus. Yes, you're going to get sick. Do we have treatments? Yes, we do. Is this thing over-politicized? Yes, it is. Is the vaccine good? That depends on you. Whether you think it's good or you don't think it's good, that's up to you. You want to get it, get it. You don't want to get it, don't get it. But ultimately, we are being bamboozled by our government. They're using this as a tactical weapon against us. If you can't see that, I can't help you. Nobody can. If you still think this is about them being so concerned about your welfare, I'd like to remind you, whenever you see them together, they don't care about wearing masks, but they're going to make you wear them. Remember, when they shut everything down, Lori Lightweight, she went and got her hair done because she takes her personal hygiene very seriously, like none of us do. Bill de Blasio shut down all gyms, but he kept one open for him. And his reasoning for keeping one open for him is because he has to stay in, stay in top physical condition because he's the mayor of that city. And he's just, you know, he can't let himself get down like that. Where I guess the rest of us, it doesn't matter if we're not in top physical condition. It's okay for us to deteriorate and not make money. But, it, you know, you keep one open for him. Nancy Pelosi, all salons are closed in California, but it was okay for her to go to a salon without a mask and get her hair done. While everybody else, you can't get getting your hair done. If you look like there's a rat's nest in your hair, so be it. Keep these things in mind that from the beginning, they showed you that this had nothing to do with your safety. They don't care about you. This had nothing to do with the virus. They're the elite. You are who you are, and that's the way it's going to be. So you better pay attention. Another little item that they're blaming on COVID that may have a little bit to do with COVID, but mainly it's a direct result of Biden's policies is you notice that at your grocery stores, things aren't on the shelves as they should be. You see Costco just announced they're going to limit how many uh, bottles of water and toilet paper, paper products and cleaning products you can get because they want to keep them on the shelves. 
Do you believe that there's really that big of a shortage of all these items when you go to the grocery store, certain juices aren't stacked, or you go in your favorite items, they're just not there? And you, you say to yourself, well, you know, what's going on? Well, the government's going to tell you, well, you know, COVID, we shut down, so everything's backed up, production's backed up. If it was true, the ports would be empty. Ships would be unloaded. There'd be no product to move. What should open your eyes up is look at the manifestos for the ports. Off of California, they have around 90 cargo ships, 90, full of products waiting to come in, but can't get in. Some of them have been there for more than a month, but they're not allowed in or can't get in. And the reason they can't get in is because they don't have any workers. They don't have the truckers to move the product. Why don't they have them? Oh, because there's this old creepy guy in the White House that is going to pay you to stay at home. That's their great idea. They want to make sure that you make more money sitting on the couch eating bonbons than you would make at the port moving those items off so you go get back to work. So you're inspired to go back to work and say, hey, man, I, I'm dying. I don't have two nickels to rub together. I got to get back to work. I got I to start making some money. That's why you're having shortages. And it's not just California. That's where the biggest clusters of ships are. It's all over the East Coast. Ships waiting to come in. The items are there. Some of it may have slowed down a little bit from COVID. Granted, sure, they shut down factories that did that. So you're going to back up a little bit. I get that. But when you have that many cargo ships waiting to be unloaded with all that product, and the reason they're not being unloaded is because of policy that you you put in place to pay them, I don't know, almost double unemployment when a lot of these people were making minimum wage and their paychecks now from, from Uncle Sammy is more money than they were making going to work. Of course, they're not going to go to work. Of course, they're going to sit on the couch. What's going to happen is they're going to run themselves out of jobs because this isn't going to last forever. Uncle Sam's going to cut you off at some point. And by that point, a lot of these companies who don't know what to do because they don't have staff, they're going to automate. And once they automate, then they don't need you. Then there will be a massive job shortage. And if you don't think that's coming, then obviously you are living under a rock because automation is coming. Now, it ain't going to be no fun when all jobs are automated. You can't get a job. You can't afford to feed your family. You're living off the scraps that Uncle Sam's giving you. It ain't going to be no fun then. You're not going to be so happy to sit at home then. Then you'll be wanting to do anything you got to do to get a job to make more money. They are systematically destroying us from the inside out. COVID is just the tool being used to do it. Other countries are opening up with no problem. If you're awake, spread the word. Open people's eyes to show them what a sham this all is. If you're not working, get off the couch and get to work. Go find a job. There's plenty of them in the United States. You know, you may not want to go back to the job you're at. Do something different. Maybe you need a change of pace. If you love this country, if you love your lifestyle, if you love living here and everything about here, fight for it because they are trying to take it away from you. That about wraps me up. I hope you like what you're hearing. If you do, please rate and review me. Uh, If you'd like to contact me, littlejocc.com. Go to the contact section. You can leave me a message. If you'd like to follow me, Twitter, at L-J-C-O-N-S-E-R-C-R-N. Otherwise, have a wonderful Tuesday. We'll do it again on Friday. Friday should be pretty interesting. There's a lot of things going through the house this week. We will see what will pass and what will not pass in the house, followed by the Senate. See you on Friday.